This is Sports Best, presented by Repost and the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a two-year-old colt, Corniche, winning the Breeders' Cup $2 million juvenile race and becoming an early favorite for next year's Kentucky Derby. He is Larry Longshot Olson, and I am Andrew. I did not place a bet out of spite for Kirk Keller. The big story on Corniche's win is his trainer, Bob Baffert, who we reported on earlier this year, getting a two-year ban from Churchill Downs. If you own Corniche, do you drop Bob Baffert so you can run in the Kentucky Derby, or do you stand by your man? That's a great question, one that I am not qualified to answer because I am not in the horse business, but I like this. I like the paradox. Yeah, uh, I think my guess unofficially is that they drop Bob and, and run in the race because money talks and uh, Bob Baffert walks, as oh. the old saying goes. I, I missed that slightly. How did they do in the ra- the Breeders' Cup race on Friday? They they won. They and did. They're, they're, yeah, they're gonna they're an early favorite to win the Kentucky Derby next year. Could you have gone? I, we were kind of texting about this. You had the opportunity to go to, but you didn't go. I had the opportunity to go and watch on Friday by myself. They had one extra ticket, and then we went down on Saturday mm. and we sat in the owner's box for Saturday's races. And uh, the the Breeders' Cup is a, a next level. I haven't been to a horse race like that before. Uh, I'm sure it's a step down from the Kentucky Derby, but there was a lot of hats, a lot of fanciness. The guy behind me was betting like twenty to thirty thousand dollars per race, and uh, he was real drunk. He tried to fight me because I had a Fleur de Lis pin on, and he hates the Saints. He's a big 49ers fan. So if you want to get in a fight, maybe with a rich guy, go to a go to a Triple Crown race. I would I would argue there's a better venue in all of the world than Del Mar. That is a sweet place. It's pretty, um, but I think it's a little bit too high class for my oh, taste. I'm more uh, of a okay. Santa Anita. Got it. Got it. Just sitting the. Uh-huh. I was an imposter in my suit. I was an <laughs> imposter. Well, the NFL news: the taunting penalties oh. have maybe gotten out of control. Oh. In Monday's game, the Steelers' uh, linebacker, who had just gotten called up from the practice squad, uh, catches Marsh, sacks Ben Roethlisberger. They're bringing out the punt team. About 15 seconds after the play is over, he gets called for taunting. Steelers get the first down. Huge momentum shift. I don't know where the taunting was. I had to look up what the NFL defines taunting as. It's any fr- any flagrant act or a mark that deride, mark, mocks, or baits, or embarrasses an opponent. I didn't see that happen. What do you think of this taunting thing? Did you see the play? Have we lost it? Well... We talked about this before the season that they were going to institute this rule and they were going to make someone um, pay the penalty for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, they lost the game because they called a weak taunting penalty. The Bears are not very good. The Steelers are maybe going to make the playoffs. It determined the outcome of the game on a very weak. I guess they want to make a point. And here's the here's the best part. The NFL wins because we're talking about it. Yeah. But man, that's weak sauce. I mean, it kind of feels like I think it was in the 90s when they were testifying in front of Congress and they tried to define what pornography was. Is, hey, we'll know it when you see it. Is that what taunting is? <laughs> Maybe no, you will not know when you see it, because if you watch this play, you would not know that this guy taunted. You really won't. I don't know if you watch Sunday night football at all, but the Rams lost to the Titans. There was a bunch of terrible calls. And at some point that the, the announcer started as being like, this is trash. There was a uh, roughing the passer penalty that didn't make any sense. I who knows if the Rams should have won or not, but there was a real bad officiating. It was fun seeing Adrian Peterson getting a touchdown. He got AP all day. 
AP got like 18 yards on 20 carries. So we all know the Aaron Rodgers story at this particular point. He told a lie about his vaccinations that it got the COVID. He missed this weekend's game. The pack lost to the chiefs. Aaron now from his COVID bunker saying he's being crucified. He knew some people would disagree with him, but he didn't know that it would become the S storm that it's become people who he thought were his friends are turning on him. And the word is he's maybe thinking about retiring. So going from the COVID bunker to retiring, how do you think he, like if he decides to come out and play probably, do you think he's going to come out better or the same or worse after the COVID? Based on just how super competitive people are, if he can kind of billboard material this and come back and have a chip on his shoulder and something to prove, I would say he would come back better. I would love it if he just left on a low note and said, I'm taking my ball and going home and never played again. That would be awesome. I think one of the problems is he's kind of always been a beloved figure. Even when people hate him, they're like the Bears fans or like we respect him because of how good he is. And this is the first time he's had to deal with that negative backlash and probably doesn't know how to tune out social media comments. He's probably reading all the negative stuff and stewing. And I think that's probably his biggest downfall. Because he's got nothing else to do in the COVID bunker, right? Yes. If you were playing or practicing, you'd be thinking about something else. Right. He needs to find a different distraction, but I would love to see him pick up his ball and say, screw you guys. I'm going home. At first light, you think the NFL wouldn't love this, but we're talking about him on the off week. This is part of the soap opera that is the NFL. They love this. The reoccurring theme that the NFL is the big winner in this story. Was that? How spooky. Was that the curse of the Manning cast? Oh my goodness. Are you are you a believer of the Manning cast yet? I, We're nine weeks in, or is it I'm still a, a coincidence? I'm a believer, and I definitely believe in the curse. So yeah, we we talked about it, and you kind of brought me back to your side, being like, maybe it's a coincidence. There's no way Buffalo is going to lose, but Josh Allen goes on the Manning cast, and they lose to what were they one and six? It was uh, it was interesting. I think the hidden story in all this was Josh Allen getting intercepted by himself. I got the audio of it because it's so good. Bills trying to pick it up. They can. Allen throws. Intercepted. It's Josh Allen. Intercepting Josh Allen. What a, what a win for the NFL. I don't know. It's something whimsical and fun for that of Josh Allen playing a good game against Josh Allen. Double-digit favorites against the sucky Jaguars team. Yeah. Bills lose, knock me out of my $1,000 survivor pool. Oh, no. I didn't. Suck. Oh, no. Suck. Do you think Josh Allen is still one of the favorites for MVP? Well, not after that turd. Yeah. Man, I think Tom suck. Brady's the odds-on favorite right now. I'm trying to look it up as we talk. Last time I saw. Oh, yeah, we got Josh Allen plus 350. <sighs> he is. So Josh Allen and Tom Brady are the two favorites, and that was updated this morning. So despite a bad game, he could still win it. We got Aaron Rodgers at plus 1,200. He might not even play the rest of the season. He might retire. As reported by me. <laughs> you know, so since we're on the Manning cast, remember earlier in the season, Giants quarterback Eli Manning infamously gave the double bird during the yeah. cast. He was explaining what happened to him when he went to Philadelphia. Yeah. The Federal Communications Commission says they received three complaints from, from Manning flipping off the camera. He Is that a lot a, or a little? Well, I think that's a little, right? Let's say half a million people watched the game. They got three complaints. Uh, Who in the mother bleep 
has time to write a letter to the FCC because they saw a quarterback explaining what happened to him and give the double birds. Like, shouldn't that person go out and try to find the cure for cancer or help an old lady across the street? Like, who's got time to write to the FCC and complain about a double bird? Yeah, I don't even know how to write to the FCC. I am. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be part of the vocal minority, even even if I am a minority in whatever aspect. Like, I don't. I don't want to complain about stuff like that. It's just a lot of effort. I, but I do appreciate the range that you've you've suggested helping someone across the street or curing cancer. Yeah. Everything. I mean, that's the two spec- ends of the spectrum that you could come up with. I just think it's ridiculous. They got three, like three people of the 500,000 to watch. Like I got to do, I got to, I got to let the FCC. I think you're more likely to get something to happen. If you put your efforts into finding out how to get in touch with Eli Manning and being like, Hey man, yeah, you did this. It kind of offended me. Let's, as opposed to bringing a third party in to find him is not going to make Eli change. Like have a, have a conversation with him. And I would guess the three people that wrote those things down aren't, uh, aren't having good things to do. They're probably in the same situation as Aaron Rodgers. They need, they need to occupy their time with more productive things. So my question is the moral majority, is it only three people at this particular point? When does it become the majority? Is that your question? No, no. Is the moral majority only these three people? Is that, is that all that's left in the moral majority? I bet you it's the FCC makes it too hard to figure out how to file a complaint. I don't know. I don't know. It seems difficult. I completely agreed with you. Not only do you write the letter, you have to find out how to write the letter, which probably takes even longer. I've said this on many different occasions, but complaining to a third-party governing body brings more attention to it. It doesn't help. Like when you ban a book, people want to read it. When you put the adult language on a CD, when we had CDs, that made people want to listen to it. Like, I would say for the most part, if you ignore something, it'll go away. Dave Chappelle, same thing. More people watch Dave Chappelle's show because people who boycotted Dave Chappelle's show. Right. And I think with the whole Dave Chappelle, the closer special, I think the NFL is the real winner in that one. (laughs) That's that's the only thing I can think of. Well, the five-year drought of NBA champions visiting Washington, D.C. and going to the White House is finally over. The Milwaukee Bucks go to D.C., meet with Joe Biden, and uh, have a great time. See, I mean, there had been the drought because the NBA and Donald Trump kind of having <laughs> disagreements, I guess. So NBA teams didn't didn't make the voyage. But when I, I had forgotten this was a drought, I think it's an honor to go visit the White House no matter what. But it did remind me of a fun story I would love to revisit is when uh, Clemson won the national championship in football and went to the White House and got yeah. served fast food. I yeah. think there was like maybe a strike going on. That's the most that that stuck out to me. I, it's kind of fun to get uh, a lot of fast food. I don't know what was served at this Milwaukee thing, but reading the story, it was a lot of platitudes and uh, the drought's over. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, I was thinking, is it a COVID thing that it was a COVID thing and like a political thing? The reason the NBA didn't go. So because I felt like another team went like the WNBA or someone recently went to the White House. I mean, it wasn't only a COVID thing for the NBA. If it's been five years, it was because I was thinking like this is other teams. Yeah, like I think the WNBA winner, someone recently went. some team went to the White House. Yeah, I mean, a fun photo op. I mean, anytime you win a championship, going on your going on the rounds is always a good time. So good on Milwaukee. I'm happy for them. But uh, Joe Biden giving them 
uh, props or whatever. I was like, well, he's not going to he's not going to speak ill of them when they're there. So it's a, it's a nice PR move, but that's about it for me. I, I just feel like all is right in the world when teams are going and meeting the president, regardless who they are. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's it's the- I guess another um, slide back into normalcy. I the the further we get into this, I don't think there's going to be a a date where we're like, okay, things are back to normal. I think we're just going to slowly stop enforcing things, and all of a sudden we're be like, oh, we're we're the frog in boiling water. If the things are just gonna get back to normal. We don't we don't talk on sports best anymore about no masks and fully packed stadiums. We're just like, oh, there it is. And teams are back to the White House. Back to normal. Love it. Nothing to care, see here. Do you care about the gold glove awards at all? I do care about the gold gloves. I'm, I'm curious how you're gonna set this up because I think you know what I'm gonna say. Five St. Louis Cardinals player players received gold glove defensive hardware among the nine National League winners. The most by a single team in the history of the Golden Globes. Golden Globes? No, the Golden Globes. <laughs> they won it for their acting acumen. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my first response to this thought is, well, wouldn't you rather just be on the Braves? And then it kind of made me wonder, like, well, maybe not, because you got to have contract incentives and maybe you're getting a bigger bonus. Like, is it worth a million dollars less to be on a World Series team? And if you listen to what people say in press conferences, it's all about the love of the game. But these uh, Golden Globes that these five players have won might mean more than a world championship. What do you think? Half the people in the field for the Cardinals were the best in their position in the entire league. I feel like that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. But by that token, should that mean that they they should have won the World Series? Or does it mean there's such high level of play in the in the in the National League in MLB that there's enough parity that like it's such fine uh, margins? As you know, Andrew Keller, offensive wins games, defense wins championships. And loose lips sink ships. And cheaters never prosper. So many sayings coming out of Major League Baseball. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's impressive. You got a great team. It's yeah. got to be difficult. Shortstop for the Giants, Brandon Crawford. He won. That's nice. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute. So you got the Braves. Max Max Freed with the uh, pitcher. Jacob Stallings, the Pirates, were the only three players that did not get Golden Gloves or Golden Globes. It's cute. Well, we talked about the NASCAR title cup race off with between the two different teams and Kyle Larson comes back from his suspension and he wins the NASCAR cup title. That's great. I don't know. I mean, once again, I live in the wrong sector of the United States, but I'm assuming that the person who wins the championship of NASCAR is a big deal. It's a huge deal. NASCAR is a huge deal. People love their NASCAR. I don't know why. My father-in-law loves it. Kyle Larson. Why did he get suspended by the way? I don't know. I, I did a little digging. I didn't find it out. Maybe I should have done more prep, but here we are. Well, I think Carl Lar- Kyle Larson, I salute you. In a world of climate summits and California mandating electronic cars, how long are we going to have NASCAR? I mean, electric cars are faster and more efficient. Like, I think they have an electronic series, but like, at what point is it going to change? Like, just a silent zoop. I don't know. It's it's not going to make that much of a difference in the carbon footprint of the world, but optics-wise, it seems like NASCAR 
I mean, even from like the late nineties, I had this question. Why are we, why are we doing NASCAR when there's the optics of it? I don't know. We just ignore it. Cause the people in the South want NASCAR. That's why we got, NASCAR. that's the only reason they, they want it. And the people, celebrities and people in the Northeast like running. Anyway, ESPN gave us a breakdown of celebrities that ran in this year's New York City Marathon. Most of them did not post impressive times, in my opinion, but we had a a handful of people from what you're judging people in their times. They ran a marathon. Yeah, I'm judging people in their times. I mean, we got Matt James from The Bachelor ran a five hours and two minutes like he's walking a lot. Does it? What's what's the impressive feat about running a marathon? Is it completing it? Is it having the mental fortitude and grit to get through it? Like I can walk twenty six miles. Like I, yeah. I'm not impressed by that. I think sub four sub four hours is when I start getting impressed. Okay, Christy Turlington, the model, ran it four hours and one minute. Impressed or not impressed? Yes, that's impressive. You just said it has to be sub four hours. Yeah, but she was in the vicinity. Something that I find a little bit suspect is Chelsea. I don't know her current last name, but daughter of Bill and Hillary Clinton ran it in three hours, 59 seconds and nine, 50, yeah, three fifty nine, three hours, 59 minutes and nine seconds. Mm, I'm suspect of it. I do want to point out that uh, a friend of the show, Ryan was asked what his fastest uh, recorded time is. He did not respond for comment. So I don't know. I think he ran like a three fifteen. I was li- I like Morning Joe. Willie Geis is the host of Sunday Today Show and Morning Joe, and he was telling the story that he finished the marathon at the exact same time that uh, Chelsea Clinton did. Mm-hmm. And so the cameras took pictures of her and not him. So after he finishes, he's about ready to go lay down. They're like, "Hey, man, sorry, we need you to recreate you coming over the finish line because oh. we got pictures of her and not you." So he finished in 358. She finished. So I feel like her 359 is legit. Okay. Well, also you have the chips. So like it it starts when you cross the starting line. So I don't really know. It's probably legit, but it just seemed like it stuck out to me. Who who do you think of the people you talk to at least once a month? Who could run the fastest marathon? Wow. That's a great question. Is there somebody, is there a right answer on this? No, there's not. I can't think of anyone that we overlap know that would even be able to finish a marathon. Maybe, maybe goals. Goals I, seems like he's stubborn enough to to dig in and do it, but I don't know. I don't know if he could, but I'd love to see him do it. I'd love to just be like, hey, goals, we entered you. You gotta try this. <laughs> you paid your entry fee, you gotta show up. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to do it. I love that so much. Well, I mean, let's all pool our money together, get goals to run the next marathon, and the real winner. Let's let's be honest, the NFL. We'll see you later this week. I'm Andrew Polaris and thanks for stopping by.